It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. He's been impeached twice, had six bankruptcies, over 20 sexual misconduct allegations, including rape, faced thousands of lawsuits, and a number of his closest associates are in prison. Yet Donald Trump has never been convicted of any crime. But that could be about to change. Donald Trump has lived almost his entire life just out of the reach of the long arm of the law. Now the former president finds himself at the center of several criminal investigations all at once. The New York Attorney General has announced that she's suing former President Donald Trump, three of his children, and his real estate business, the Trump Organization. There's a wide range of litigation going on here, and that cache of documents at Mar-a-Lago could relate to almost all of those potential lawsuits. Donald Trump's consistently denied any wrongdoing, but the cases against him are piling up. So what are the main legal challenges he's facing? What potential penalties might they carry? And how much trouble is he really in? Is his legal goose cooked, Larry Tribe? I think it's cooked and overcooked. The walls are closing in. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, Trump on trial. He remains the clear frontrunner for the Republican nomination if or when he decides to run. It's very hard to disqualify someone from running for president, even a convicted criminal. There have been suggestions from legal experts that you could potentially be president from jail. That's Hugh Tomlinson, Washington reporter for The Times. Today, he's going to talk us through the four cases that present Donald Trump with the biggest challenge. We'll run through them from the least to the most serious. But first, he's been off Twitter. He's no longer leading every news bulletin. So what has Donald Trump been doing recently? He's been campaigning. One of the strange things about uh, these multiple cases closing in around him is that he appears publicly, at least, completely unruffled by it and certainly defiant. He's 
still been holding these quasi-presidential rallies across the country, nominally in support of candidates he's endorsed at the midterm elections. But largely, these rallies have been held to sort of rail against the weaponization of the justice system against him and to gin up his supporters. They sent me a subpoena the other day. They sent me a subpoena. Think of it. These crooked people. The only thing they won't investigate was the corruption that took place in that election, which was massive. I was at one of these rallies three, four weeks ago in North Carolina. Several thousand people sort of in baking sunshine on a tarmac surface out by the airport with no shade for several hours to see him. The people I met were incredibly charming and also held pretty extreme political views. Many of the people I'd spoke to have been to see him dozens of times and follow him around the country. I mean, I spoke to one guy who makes low-budget horror movies in his spare time. Really delightful guy. Used to follow the Grateful Dead, and now he follows Trump. (laughs) It was his 55th rally. That's quite a transition. Yeah, exactly. And Hugh, these rallies, are they fundraising? Is there still a sense of campaigning for for office? Absolutely. I mean, uh, he's dropped ever heavier hints that, uh, that he, will, he will announce his candidacy soon. I ran twice, I won twice, and did much better the second time than I did the first. And now, in order to make our country successful, safe, and glorious again, I will probably have to do it again. There have been reports, of course, that he wanted to announce his candidacy over the summer, I mean, there was a report that he wanted to do it on the 4th of July and was talked out of it because of the midterms. I mean, the sort of Republican leaders are desperate that the midterms don't turn into a referendum on Donald Trump, which, of course, the Democrats would love to happen. And what sort of mood is he in at the moment with all these charges building up against him? How is he dealing with them? It's very hard to say. I mean, however he feels in private about the legal jeopardy he finds himself in, he's responded to these various investigations, as he always has, by going on the offensive. This was just a continuation of a witch hunt. They've demeaned me for years with this stuff. There's something wrong with them. I, th- I really believe they hate our country. I was told Certainly, he hasn't done what you would feel is the sensible thing and just shut up. It's not clear what sort of legal counsel he's getting or whether he's heeding it. There have been reports that he's struggled to hire top lawyers to defend him, whether that's because his attorneys risk placing themselves in legal jeopardy, or he has a reputation for not paying his legal bills. That's unclear. His tone does appear panicked at times, and he's made almost contradictory claims about the evidence against him in some cases. But it's very difficult to gauge his state of mind. What does seem clear is almost across the board, these cases have been denounced as a witch hunt against him. One of the other problems with facing so many different charges all at the same time is legal fees. Do we have any idea how much he's spending fighting these cases? Well, it's been reported that he is spending around $4 million a month on legal fees, which is being paid by his political action committee, which is, of course, draining the funds he has available for campaigning. It's been suggested that one reason he is on this perpetual campaign is because he needs to stay in a state of perpetual campaigning to stay afloat. We should just sort of say right at the start, you know, although there are multiple allegations and cases building up against Donald Trump, it's important to note that he's never actually been indicted, arrested, tried or convicted of any crime, certainly at the time of recording. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. 
I'd like you to sort of talk us through the main four cases against him. Before we do, though, some of them are civil cases and some are criminal. Just remind us of the difference between the two. A civil case is a case brought between individual parties and a criminal case is a case brought by the state. The threshold for in a civil suit is much lower than a criminal case and mandated punishments are much lower as well. Talk us through these cases. So I think we'll go through them from the least to the most serious. So yep. starting on, on the, the less serious end of the scale, talk us through some of the cases he's facing at the moment in New York. Well, there are two parallel investigations, essentially, into alleged widespread fraud at Trump's family business, the Trump Organization in New York. Tonight, a dramatic legal move. New York Attorney General Letitia James announcing today's civil lawsuit after a three-year investigation, alleging the company and its leadership, including Mr. Trump, falsely valued assets for their own financial gain. The one that's gained the most attention is the civil case brought by Letitia James, the New York Attorney General, who ran for office in 2018, essentially declaring that she was going to investigate Trump, something that Trump has used in his defence. James has accused Trump and some of his children of inflating the value of the company's property portfolio of hotels, skyscrapers, golf courses by billions of dollars to gain beneficial bank loans and then devaluing them to get tax advantages. Claiming you have money that you do not have does not amount to the art of the deal. It's the art of the steal. Donald Trump falsely inflated his net worth by billions of dollars to unjustly enrich himself and to cheat the system, thereby cheating all of us. Trump valued his, uh, his personal apartment in Trump Tower in New York at $330 million, which made it by far the most expensive apartment in the city. In the suit, James sort of noted mm. that only one apartment in New York City has ever sold for more than $100 million. James filed the lawsuit in September. Trump sat for a deposition in August and pleaded the Fifth Amendment, his right to silence, to avoid incriminating himself more than 440 times. Trump has previously said that no one who's innocent would ever need to plead the Fifth. The only reason would be if you're guilty. But in a statement straight after that hearing, he said that he had no choice because he believes that this investigation is illegitimate, is a witch hunt. He spent paragraph after paragraph attacking A.G. Letitia James. Donald Trump sort of stands to lose his business over this and his uh, uh, ability to do business in New York over this. How is he combating that? On the day the lawsuit was filed, he's founded a new company, Trump Organization 2, in the state of Delaware, James is trying to block him from sort of shifting his assets out of New York. And as I say, James is trying to find the business $250 million to make restitution for the overvaluing of the property portfolio and seeking to ban Trump and some of his children from running a business in New York, I think, for five years. And so that's the first New York case, and that's a civil case. Tell us about the second this is a criminal prosecution. It's against the Trump Organization. The charges are mostly fraud and tax evasion. Basically paying its executives off the books to lower the company's tax burden. That case has been led by the New York District Attorney, Alvin Bragg, and began, I think, three years ago. As it stands, the investigation targets the business. The star witness in this will be Trump's longtime CFO, Alan Weisselberg who pleaded guilty and cut a deal with prosecutors to testify against the company a few weeks ago. 
Alan Weisselberg, former CFO of the Trump Organization, leaving a courthouse in New York where he pled guilty to 15 infractions that mostly have to do with tax fraud. Jury selection began on Monday and could take several days, and it underscores how divisive a figure Trump is. I've seen quotes from people who were discarded from consideration for jury selection because they basically said that sort of as far as they were concerned, Trump is guilty of any crime he's accused of. I mean, it's incredibly hard because I suppose over the last few years, there is probably nobody in America who doesn't have a strong opinion on Donald Trump in favour of or against. In a polarised nation, yes, exactly. It's nigh on impossible. Coming up, could Donald Trump's supporters turn violent if the former president is charged? But first, a quick word from a colleague. For four years, a civil war raged at one of the richest university colleges in Britain. She decided to tell me that Martin was in big trouble. Was it a plot to bring one man down? They're allowing the silence to prosecute you. Or was something else going on? It seemed to me merciless, pitiless. I'm Andrew Billen, a journalist at The Times. The feud continues this Thursday here on Stories of Our Times. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So far, we've heard about two of the four cases that could cause Donald Trump the most trouble. But as those cases trundle on, a number of Trump's friends, allies and colleagues have already been pleading guilty or been convicted of a variety of crimes. Roger Stone, facing up to 20 years in prison. Rick Gates, 45 days in jail. Michael Cohen, headed to federal prison. The jury has convicted Paul Manafort. Michael Flynn, admitting he lied to the FBI. Alan Weisselberg, five months in jail. Elliot Broidy is pleading guilty. Tom Barrick has been arrested. George Papadopoulos, heading to jail. The most recent Trump associate to appear in court is Steve Bannon, Trump's former chief strategist. He was convicted of contempt of Congress because he refused to provide evidence to the committee that's investigating last year's riot at the U.S. Capitol. Bannon was charged with two counts of contempt of Congress, one contempt count involving his refusal to appear for a deposition, the other involving his refusal to produce documents to the House committee investigating the January 6th Capitol riot. Bannon was found guilty and sentenced to four months in jail and given a $6,500 fine pending his appeal. He's denied any criminal wrongdoing 
but the investigation into the riots at the Capitol is far from over. The committee investigating what happened on January the 6th has now subpoenaed Donald Trump. Events in Washington have taken a violent and tumultuous turn in the past few hours, as thousands of supporters of President Trump stormed the US Capitol building, venting their anger at the victory of Joe Biden in the presidential election. Trump's role in the January 6th riot at the Capitol last year and the campaign to overturn the 2020 election result is now being investigated by several government agencies. The most public of these uh, has been the House of Representatives Committee, the January 6th Committee, which revealed astonishing evidence of the scale and scope of the plot to overturn Trump's defeat by Joe Biden in 2020. The Department of Justice is also now investigating this, which is thought to be the biggest police investigation in US history. Hundreds of rioters themselves have been convicted for their role in violence. And the trials of far-right militias involved in the riot on charges of seditious conspiracy are underway or about to get underway. It's unclear yet, though, whether that DOJ investigation is yet focused on Trump. But the January 6th committee issued a subpoena to Trump to appear Defying a subpoena potentially carries jail time. Steve Bannon has been convicted and sentenced pending an appeal. It's unclear if Trump will comply with this or try and run down the clock on the committee. The committee only has until early January, essentially, to finish its work. It's not mandated beyond the end of the current Congress. And with Republicans expected to take back control of the House at the midterm elections, they are almost certain to shut the investigation down. At what point would he be in trouble for ignoring a subpoena? You know, what's the danger period for him? Ultimately, the committee does not have the power to prosecute. They would have to refer it to the House for a vote. And if the House approves, they would pass it to the DOJ to decide whether to prosecute. The committee will issue its final report by the end of the year and is expected to recommend that Trump face criminal prosecution for his involvement in the uh, wider plot to overturn the election. There are three avenues for a potential prosecution, obstruction of a criminal proceeding relating to the campaign to pressure Mike Pence, the vice president, to block or overturn the election result, conspiracy to defraud the United States over the wider effort to overturn the election result, and seditious conspiracy over Trump's personal involvement in the riot. I mean, the view amongst legal experts is that of those three, the obstruction and conspiracy charges certainly look the strongest. Finding a smoking gun that really ties Trump personally to the violence is a higher threshold to cross. And those are very serious charges. I mean, what sort of penalties might he face if he is found guilty of them? You know, you you pointed out these are criminal cases. We're talking jail time. What's his defence in this? I mean, if he does give evidence, if he does turn up to speak to the committee, what can we expect to hear? His defence, according to his lawyers, is that he did nothing wrong. The main evidence against him for his hand in the riot, for example, would be his speech hours before the violence broke out, which he urged his supporters to fight like hell. And we fight. We fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. They will argue that is not an incitement to violence. It's been astonishing stuff. And the committee's final report will make amazing reading. But uh, there are other cases pending against Trump that sort of appear more black and white. Well, let's move on to those. Let's move on to the more serious cases because we've now done New York, Washington, D.C. Take us to Georgia. Remind us of what's been going on there. 
The investigation in Georgia is potentially among the most consequential. Let me refresh your memory on Georgia's election investigation. Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis convened a special grand jury to look into the efforts of Donald Trump and his allies to reverse Joe Biden's election win in Georgia. Certainly, it's a case where the evidence directly implicating Trump is clear. So a grand jury in in the state of Georgia has been investigating efforts by Trump and his team to overturn the result of the election in 2020. Joe Biden won by less than 12,000 votes, and Trump was infamously recorded pressuring Georgia's Republican Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, to find 11,780 votes to swing the result his way. I just want to find 11,780 votes. Fellas, give me a break. There's nothing wrong with saying that you've recalculated. Trump allies have been summoned to testify. But that investigation has started to bog down. Several Trump allies are fighting their subpoenas. Georgia Senator Lindsey Graham has taken his appeal all the way to the Supreme Court in his urgency not to testify. It's still unclear if their evidence would implicate Trump. But the phone call to Raffensperger alone could violate Georgia statutes if prosecutors can prove that it amounts to soliciting him to commit a felony and tamper with the election result. If convicted of that, he could face up to three years in jail. Trump has attacked the chief prosecutor of Fulton County, Fannie Willis, who is leading the investigation and has denounced her as a radical left Democrat. Willis appears determined, though. I mean, she told the Washington Post last month that Trump could soon be called to testify. And if she gets convictions, people are going to jail. Wow. And and that's, as you say, potentially three years behind bars. Yeah, exactly. Incredibly serious case. And it's not the only one. Take us to Mar-a-Lago. Remind us of what happened there and what the legal consequences might be. So this is the case that has really overshadowed all the others over recent weeks and represents the greatest legal jeopardy for Trump. FBI agents searched the Mar-a-Lago estate as part of a criminal investigation into whether Mr. Trump illegally removed documents when he left the White House. Compared to the January 6th case, for example, it certainly looks a lot more black and white in the eyes of the Justice Department. So this case emerged back in January when the National Archives announced that it had retrieved boxes of White House documents from Trump's Florida estate at Mar-a-Lago that were taken from the White House when he left office last year. Then it emerged that the archives had discovered classified material among the documents and came to suspect that Trump had more that he had not handed back. They referred the case to the Department of Justice, This culminated in the extraordinary FBI search of Trump's home in early August. We begin with major breaking news. A federal search warrant was served today at former President Donald Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach County. The former president called the FBI search a raid. Boxes of material were removed from the storage room and it later emerged from Trump's personal desk in his office thousands of government documents, and among them, more than 100 documents that were labelled classified or top secret. Just remind us of, of what that means. That could relate to US intelligence on foreign powers. It could relate to sort of America's nuclear secrets. And tantalisingly, in the inventory that was released by the FBI was one file labelled Info re President of France. And it's since been reported that Trump reportedly bragged that he knew illicit details of Emmanuel Macron's sex life. 
There have been separate reports that the documents taken included classified material on China, on Iran's ballistic missile program that could compromise US spies and intelligence gathering methods on two of America's greatest foes. It's emerged that some of the material taken was so sensitive that the FBI agents going through it required special security clearance just to look at the documents. The Department of Justice's argument is that these should never have been allowed off the premises, certainly not into a private residence, kept in a desk where his own lawyers have admitted on TV they commonly come and go, in a property where he continues to hold parties for the public. So, yeah, Trump is now under investigation for potential obstruction of justice and violation of the Espionage Act. Pretty astonishing stuff. Trump first claimed that documents were cleared under executive privilege. He's claimed that they were simply mine. And then he's claimed that he declassified them before they left the White House. If you're the president of the United States, you can declassify just by saying it's declassified, even by thinking about it. There can be a process, but there doesn't have to be. You're the president. You make that decision. I declassified everything. Though no evidence of a formal declassification process has been put forward by his lawyers. Trump has fought to delay this investigation at every turn. He succeeded in having an independent arbiter or special master appointed to review all the documents. The DOJ has appealed. Trump's team has appealed that decision. And that case is now going to the Supreme Court. Trump's intention, again, seems to be to throw sand in the gears of the investigation at every turn. How bad might this be for him? I mean, if he is found guilty and in the evidence does seem quite damning, what sort of penalty might he face? Well, the penalties include potential jail time and crucially could see him barred from holding public office. So that would write off the next election? Would write off the next election. So how serious is this for Donald Trump? Until Merrick Garland or one of the other prosecutors in these cases breaks cover and lays out formal charges, it's impossible to say. But in a short answer, potentially very serious. I mean, he's potentially looking at serious jail time if convicted. And as we've discussed, being barred from holding public office. You know, for America, is this a moment of deciding whether you hold a former president to account or fundamentally whether the law is different for different people? That's a decision for Merrick Garland, the Attorney General. Garland has repeatedly insisted that no one is above the law. It is clear that the threshold for prosecuting a former president is higher than it would be for ordinary civilians. If you or I were caught with top secret files on China or Emmanuel Macron's sex life, and had apparently lied about it, we would be in jail. But no former US president has ever been charged with a crime. And Garland has to weigh the potential political and national security implications of bringing charges against Trump, who is likely to be a presidential candidate by the time any charges are brought. Any trial of Donald Trump will become an immediate flashpoint with likely protests, potentially violent clashes like January 6th. We've already seen in the wake of the, uh, the Mar-a-Lago raid, one armed vigilante attacked a, uh, an FBI field office and was shot dead. The rhetoric from the more extreme wing of the Republican Party has been to denounce the DOJ, the FBI, call for them all to be impeached if Republicans take back control of Congress. So there's a huge political firestorm brewing around this. Do you think that is causing lawmakers to think twice about holding Donald Trump to account? Garland is damned either way. The consequences of charging or not charging Trump will be enormous. The damage to the reputation of the DOJ to bring charges against Trump and have a prosecution fall apart in court or on appeal would be catastrophic. But I think the prevailing view is that if the evidence is there 
Garland will indict. And Donald Trump, who is pleading the Fifth Amendment when it comes to some of these cases, but is at the same time going around the country doing these rallies, is stoking the fire and the anger about the legal cases against him. He has actually indicated there would be violence if he was charged. Trump has issued barely veiled warnings of violence if he's indicted, saying that his supporters won't stand for it. I can't imagine being indicted. I've done nothing wrong. If it happened, I think you'd have problems in this country, the likes of which perhaps we've never seen before. What kind of problems, Mr. President? I think you'd have big problems. Big problems. I think this country would be torn apart. You take a look at the support that I have, I just don't think they'd stand for it. And at his rallies in recent weeks, he's made an overt embrace of QAnon, the conspiracy movement that figured prominently at the January 6th riot and hails him as a messiah figure come to sort of sweep away elites within the uh, US political establishment. So there's, an, there's been an explicit appeal to the most extreme members of his support base, which is extremely troubling for the months ahead. There was more violence on Friday when the husband of one of America's most powerful Democrat politicians was attacked with a hammer in his own home. San Francisco police officers were dispatched to the residence of Speaker Nancy Pelosi. When the officers arrived on scene, they encountered an adult male and Mr. Pelosi's husband, Paul. The suspect pulled the hammer away from Mr. Pelosi and violently assaulted him with it. Paul Pelosi is recovering from surgery, having sustained multiple injuries, including a fractured skull. After the attack, the US government issued a national warning. This document warns of a heightened threat fueled by a rise in domestic violent extremism driven by ideological grievances and potential targets include candidates running for public office, elected officials, workers and others. have a rough idea of what the timeline might be on all of this. Trump could announce that he's running for president within days. I mean, literally days. If Republicans regain control of Congress at the midterms, Trump is expected to announce his candidacy soon. He's already been talked out of it this summer, as I said. Now, there have been suggestions that in, uh, in an indictment in the Mar-a-Lago case, for example, that he would be granted at least a year to prepare his defence, and a trial could take up to six months. So, even if charges are brought early in 2023, we're talking 18 months on from there, the verdict would land in, potentially in the final weeks of the 2024 presidential campaign. Aside from the trial itself as a potential flashpoint, there are questions about what bail terms he would be granted as a presidential mm. candidate. Would he be allowed to travel? Would he be allowed to hold rallies? Certainly, Trump would use the campaign to whip up his supporters and try and discredit the process at every turn. And... I mean, what are the rules on who can actually run to be president? You know, if you've got criminal charges hanging over you, does, does that disqualify you at all? So under the US Constitution, the only limitations are that you must be a US citizen, at least 35 years old, and have been a US resident for 14 years. It's actually very hard to disqualify someone from running for president, even a convicted criminal. There have been suggestions from legal experts you could even potentially be a president from jail. But of course, I mean, in some of the legal cases which Trump could face, one of the penalties of being found guilty would be that he could be barred from holding public office. So that would end his presidential ambitions too. But of course, 
if the charges reached that level of seriousness, it's likely he would be forced out of the race by his own Republican Party or by the voters. And do you think the voters would turn against him if there was a conviction? The opinion polls have shifted all over the place on this. Back in the summer, support for Trump, even among Republican voters, had plunged. His, his approval rating surged again in the wake of the Mar-a-Lago raid as he whipped up these claims that this was a the weaponization of the justice system against him. There's no doubt that he remains the clear frontrunner for the Republican nomination if or when he decides to run. He is still in a statistical tie with Biden in a hypothetical rematch of the 2020 race. Neither man is popular among the country as a whole. There are many who would like to see both parties move on from their current leaders. One thing, one thing I think that is key is that Trump's core support will not be enough to win the next election, even if he's elected the nominee. If he is facing charges of seditious conspiracy, of espionage, of obstruction of justice, it is hard to see him winning the next election. His core support will never desert him, but winning over the rest of the country as a whole is another matter. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, The Times Washington reporter, Hugh Tomlinson. You can find all of Hugh's work at thetimes.co.uk with a subscription. The producer was Olivia Case. The executive producers today were Kate Ford and James Shield, and sound design was by David Crackles. If you found this podcast useful, please do leave us a review. It'll help others to find it. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.